don't have to put on your headphones. <laughs> put on the headphones. Was that your American Idol audition? or? Yes. I'm Steve. And I'm Dolly. And this is Withdrawn. We're two boring librarians. Make libraries less boring. So in our last episode, we talked about getting along with your coworkers, the people you work with day to day. Yes. But Good there subject, are, yes. Yeah, yes. No, but there are other people that you can connect with in the profession that you don't work with, with every day. Yes. Your professional colleagues and uh, networking connections. Yeah. So you should totally just use LinkedIn and that's it. Yes, LinkedIn is um, is your friend for life. <laughs> it knows everything about you, and it wants to look at all your contacts to be friends with you too. I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not going to defend LinkedIn 100. percent What I do like about LinkedIn, though, is um, for t- in terms of professional networking, a lot of times if you see a name of somebody or see you know somebody on listserv or something that you're like, hey, that person's cool or their job sounds cool. Yeah. If they have a LinkedIn, you can kind of trace that path. And I'm a big believer in like, you know, none of us is really treading. That there aren't that many new paths to tread in librarianship. It depends. I mean, if you're creating your own job, then you don't really need to look at that. But if you said to yourself, like, hey, I do want to be the director of fancy library in fancy place. Like, what's their background? LinkedIn kind of does a nice roundup of that. But it is a creepy, scary, not very user-friendly website. With so that. there we go. So, pro LinkedIn. So this link- is a pro LinkedIn podcast. <laughs> But LinkedIn's, I mean, LinkedIn's just... I I endorse LinkedIn for connecting people. Connectivity. But LinkedIn's just, like, one of many ways to connect with uh, other professionals in in the library field. How do you you like to connect with people, Steve? Well, there's lots of different ways. Online, um, I would say the Twitters is probably the biggest one I use for professional um, connections, in addition to, of course, the other podcast, which I just mentioned, Circulating Ideas. That's I, I get a lot of people there, and that helps me make connections with people I don't, didn't know before. A lot of those people I do meet on Twitter, so that actually helps both ways that I learn. I, I get to know other colleagues that way, and then by having them on the show, I actually get to, get to know them a little bit better, and then when I'm at a conference, I get to know them. So conferences are, again, another one. I don't get to attend as many conferences as I would like, but I do very much enjoy conferences. I, the online stuff like Twitter is fun and connecting in its own way. But there's something about face-to-face communication that really connects in a different way. Can't be beat. It cannot. Um, I use Facebook a little bit. But you, Facebook's mostly f- pictures of my kids for my parents. So <laughs> <laughs> It's strange lately. And honestly, it's been in the past two, three months how – quickly facebook has shifted to professionalishness for me um i use it a lot for groups and i think there hasn't really been and you know when someone's listening to this 20 years from now and you're hanging out in your your newfangled brain implant (laughs) groups with your best friends you'll be like facebook groups so antiquated but um 
it really is so easy to use them and to keep track of people and to yeah. learn stuff. While simultaneously, what I find really nice is keeping your Facebook itself private if you want. Like, you don't have to be friends necessarily with any of the people in the groups. So, you know, if you know you're in a group with a bunch of library directors, they don't have to see your posts about your kids if you don't want them to. Right. And um, I, I think that's been shockingly i would never have ever thought that facebook would be so useful for that and yet here i am suddenly um i'll I'll put in a plug for the california libraries facebook group which is sort of um sort of a combo of like a listserv and think tank the infamous ala think tank um where it's just kind of a big clearinghouse for california librarians to they post jobs they post questions they post memes and um it's relatively new and it's been um kind of exploding and it's a great great way to connect the professionals in the state because there hasn't been aside from our listservs listservs there hasn't been a good way to do that unsubscribe unsubscribe (laughs) please remove me from this list Uh, sorry, so, that was too earnest. <laughs> so, um, how, how else do you connect to people um, besides social media and conferences? Is there any other way you do that? Social media and conferences, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's about I, it. I Check. Mean, that's ninety-five percent of my stuff. Um, I like to do uh, professional development events, but I guess that's conferences. But um, it's sort of surprising it may not be the case in the future how many other kinds of library groups there are out there um we're part of the gold coast library network here which does professional development and and i sent some of my staff to their last professional development day and um and they're just they're a group that san francisco pardon me san luis obispo santa barbara and ventura counties and they bring all the libraries and librarians together, so academic and special and public, and they'll host events. And I, I might not have been aware of that group, so I like to look around for some of these organizations because it's it's surprising how many there are, and they have listservs. Big fan of the listserv. Yeah, well, and then they also they usually have Facebook pages too, and something, else, something else you can connect. To. Some of the oh, the ones in Georgia do. So, do you have like advice for connecting with people on Twitter and like how to how to behave on in uh, on the social media? Well, uh, it depends because there's some people. There's certainly a lot of times you just want to have fun and be silly and things like that. But I think it is if you want to use it professionally, especially you do need to connect with. Uh, you need to find the people that people are talking about. So you want to, when you see an interesting conversation, check and see who else is tagged in that conversation and see what they kind, of, what kind of stuff they do, and you can kind of look into the things that they do. Um, I was going to say, in relation to this sort of uh, another way you can kind of connect to people in a more passive way is when, is reading your journals and things like that because you can, oh, yeah. you start to see because <laughs> you, well, you start to see names and you start to connect oh this person knows a lot about readers advisory this person knows a lot about uh law libraries this person knows a lot about medical libraries so you kind of get an idea of what people are um specialties at and then when you see their name somewhere else like on social media you can go oh hey i saw a neat, I, I i have a question about this so i can ask this like there's people on twitter that i can if i have a readers advisory question i can't answer for some reason at the branch 
I can just throw it out there and put their tag them on it, and I know they can answer it. You know, somebody who knows romance or who knows sci-fi really well, and they will help me out with that. Yeah, I never, I never get. Um... I have a current ALA membership, but I still can't get AL Direct. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, like, AL Direct does a good job, in, in addition yes. to American Libraries Magazine and, and um, Library Journal and stuff that have the physical, they do good sort of roundups of posts that happen. I know because someone told me uh, one of my posts was once linked to an AL Direct, <laughs> but, you can never but get I it. can't see it. But yeah, I think it is a good thing to kind of have a have a mentor even if they don't know you're they're your mentor Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. based on someone's body of work and based on what you can see of them and you know like a lot of librarianship stuff this like i'm not an academic librarian but you know this pedagogy and stuff that's grown up around it you know if you're reading an article in your mlis class and you're like this ought this author's cool. A lot of the time, that author is still alive. That yeah. author's out there. They have a blog. They have Twitter. They have. They can be emailed, and um, you can still kind of make connections that way because it's a field where a lot of that stuff has been recent-ish. Recent-ish. Um, there's, there's this other yeah. thing. I think. Um, I, don't know if you've heard, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this new medium that um, Serial created. It's called podcasts. Never heard of it. Yeah. I, I, Podcasts are great. Podcasts are an emerging thing. And, and what's really cool about podcasts, like social media, they do offer librarians a chance to show other sides of themselves. Yeah. And I think that's why I mentioned or asked how you kind of try to conduct yourself. Because, like, for me, people hearing this may go to my Twitter and be like, what are all these tweets about Bachelor in Paradise? <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. Because I tend to be kind of a stream of consciousness sort right. of tweeter. And um, and nothing but respect and love to people who are, you know, tweeting professional things and articles they find interesting and stuff like that. That is awesome. But I like to make jokes. And um, I feel like if I was trying too hard to keep that side of my life out of the public eye, it wouldn't be authentic and it wouldn't actually connect as well. Um, but that's a choice everybody has to make when they use the, these devices, how much they're comfortable sharing yeah, well, I, I think there's a um, there's a spectrum there, but I think I think everybody you can choose to be more professional, you can choose to be more personable and funny and stuff like that. But there's it, it, you need to be authentic either way. I mean, if you want to just project just the professional side of yourself, that's fine, but <laughs> it still needs to be what you actually are. I mean, you can tell a fake. But yep, you know, yep. it is your space too. So mm-hmm. when you're when you're creating your space, you you know you pick your name. How did you pick your name, Steve? Well, my name is the really <laughs> it's really original. It's Steve Librarian. And let's let's get into the depths of that of why I would choose that. Um Is it does it go back to childhood? It does. And uh, <laughs> my mother no. <laughs> So my so mine is pretty straightforward. I mean, a lot of times people do that. They there's several other people that we know who just have their name and librarian <laughs> after it and that's um some of it for me honestly, I would make it my my real name if I could, but my real name is very common and I can't get anything ever <laughs> with my real what name. What's that like, having a name? Yeah, I know. You don't, you don't. You could very easily just get your name <laughs> on every social media site. So your name, though, <laughs> we, you know, we have to get into yours. So mine is, again, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. How about at Lother? 
Yes. Are you going to explain the origins of that now? Hello there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I started the account before, I actually think I started the account like right before I started library school. Mm-hmm. So it's when I was it's still in the film industry and stuff. And I, I was actually just at the time very inspired by a feature in the Onion AV Club called the the Hater and just the the idea of a hater and I was like, well, what's what's like a takeoff of that? Like, what's another? What's a let's grab a thesaurus and you know, like, what's your next? What's your what's your other kind of word? And I was just sort of like, it's funny. It, I had thought, oh, it's funny that hater has become such a term. Mm-hmm. That it would be even like the name of a column in a little uh, review site, little in a review site. It's not that little. The AV Club. Oh, you, um, you could have typed "hater" into Microsoft Word, and Clippy could have given you loather. Clippy. Um, so yeah, and I noticed it wasn't taken, and I was just like, sweet. And um, I just thought it was funny, and I I also sort of think it's funny because I don't really tweet that much about like, man, I really hate. Socks. <laughs> Socks are stupid. Like I tend to have kind of a. a what are you hiding, Steve? I don't tend to sit there and go like, librarians are dumb. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I should, with a name like Lither. The conference experience can be um, just fundamentally different. Uh, uh, different. How do you how do you tend to navigate your conference experiences, Steve? Well, I I don't get to go to as many as I would like. Um, I go probably to the national ones every two three years, depending on um, when my work when my work can send me and when I can send myself. I can send myself every three or four years probably, and then um, depending on where it is, like it's going to be here in Atlanta in a year and a half or so. So that'll be pretty yeah. easy to go to. But um, <clears throat> when, when I do go, I actually I, I do enjoy ALA. But it's a little big, actually. I actually enjoy ALA more for the um, meeting my colleagues kind of way than I do getting stuff out of it because it's almost too big and it's it's hard to navigate for me because it's just it's just too big and too bulky and I have trouble filtering it down. So I actually my favorite conference to attend because I work at a public library is the PLA conference because it's much more focused on the things that I do and the things I'm interested in. So the bigger conferences, yeah, they, they're, they're a little overwhelming for me, actually. But I do enjoy them because I get to see people that I know who are academic librarians, who are school librarians, things like that. Yeah. And ALA is probably, of course, the one of the premier events um, yep. for librarians. It's our Olympics. It's our Super Bowl. <laughs> it's I, our- I do appreciate that they have like the app and stuff now that helps you yeah, doing what you do. And I think last time I went to LA, I think they were just starting to do that. So that might help me plan my conferences better. It's just I, I spend so much time go, digging through that program to find where I want to go, and then I'm running around and just feel frantic. I, I don't feel I feel very frantic and <laughs> anxiety when I'm at a big conference like that. Yeah, um, San Francisco 2015 was my third ALA. Um, I had been to Las Vegas and um, Anaheim before that. And Anaheim, I was just totally... I, I think in the end, I wound up following people around, like people I met, because I was just like, oh, I don't know what to go to. There's The book is confusing, and the app is confusing, and I'm just going to follow people. And I went to some very cool programs that way. 
And um, in Las Vegas, I spent a tremendous amount of time in the uncommons uh -huh. because I was finding it a, a little overwhelming. And it's very hot in Las Vegas, and it's hard. Um, it was a, a lot of walking, even more walking than I had really expected. So I was kind of <laughs> like, I just kept kind of going back to the uncommons and like charging my phone. Um, the uncommons. If you go to a conference that has one, I highly recommend because it tends to be a little more um, calm. And especially if you're dealing with like issues, if you're not great at being around people or you're a little bit of an introvert, you need to recharge. It recharges you literally and it recharges your devices. Um, <laughs> but although I know this year in um, I know in San Francisco, they had uh, a lot of stuff happening in the uncommons, which was cool, yeah. too, because you mm -hmm. could kind of have pop up programs. They do like story time underground and guerrilla story time demonstrations. So that's that's great, too. You're not sitting there not doing the conference if you're in the uncommons. Um, but, you know, the, the, the floor is um, great. I highly recommend getting one of those. I have no purchasing power, <laughs> purchasing authority ribbons. Um, I like to not put my title on, on mm -hmm. my conference badge. Cause I find it makes it a little easier to filter through folks. Um, yeah. Cause you can just pretend like you're a lowly person who just doesn't can't do anything. <laughs> just like they seem like they don't really have that much interest in in talking to you if they right, right. don't know what you're doing and that's that's awesome you know if you're coming to conference with an agenda a conference is a great place to go if you're looking for work it's a great place to go if you're looking to make professional connections but it's just for me personally i just kind of if we're gonna talk we might as well talk one-on-one -on -one and then get into the job stuff later <laughs> but um when it comes to the specialty conferences, I hear so many good things about PLA. Mm -hmm. um, I have not been able to make it to a AAAL, the American Association of Law Libraries conference yet, because they keep all happening um, east, eastern, eastern stand-in time. The first year I was at the law library, it was in Seattle, but um, we didn't have money to send me in. Uh, that it was in New York and I think San Antonio and Philadelphia, and I'm just like, I want to come closer again i'm oh, sorry i didn't go to back. seattle it'll I'm come sorry. back i'm sorry but um that's that's a great way and i know sla always gets so much love yep. Yep. special libraries are the best <laughs> so every kind of library you're working at there's going to be a conference for you and 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 it's like i said with you know finding those sorts of library networks where they happen to do a professional development day and stuff like your life is not over just because your professional life pardon me is not over if you just because you can't go to ala like there's going right. to be yeah. local conferences your state association probably has one um and and there are a lot of different ways to go to them and there's as many different conference experiences as um as there are people and um it's a great way to just sort of Get to know your profession. I re highly recommend social media for those. Even if you only use it for conferences, yeah, it's great to live tweet. It's great to you're letting people who can't be there see what's going on, or you, if you can't be there, you can keep track of it. Um, yeah, a lot of I think that's the best yeah. part when you can't go, or if, or if you're at a place that doesn't have the money to send people to conferences, or if you're in the middle of somewhere that doesn't have a lot of local organizations. Even yeah, just being able to follow along on those things and social 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 media is so nice. Yeah. But do you know do you know the best thing um, about making connections with other professionals? Podcasts. 
Withdrawn is a podcast lovingly handcrafted for you, the listener, by Steve Thomas in Georgia and Dolly Marley in California. You can find us on Twitter at Steve Librarian or at Loather, and the show is at Withdrawn Tweets. Our music is by Nick Cameron. You can find us online at withdrawnpodcast.com, and you can subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Next time on Withdrawn. Bats! <laughs> ben Affleck as all bats. No! Team Jen!